Hello, Open Arms. So great to be with you, whether you're watching in Kildare, in Dublin, or online, and excited to share a word with you this week as we prepare and get ready for Father's Day next week, next Sunday, and celebrating that. I want to share with you from Genesis chapter 22, if you've got your Bibles or on your phones or whatever you have, Genesis chapter 22, verses 1 through 14. And I personally love this story. It's one of my favorite stories in Scripture. Not only is it about Abraham, it is about Isaac, which in which we called our third boy, Isaac. And it's about a father's love for his child, but it's also about our father's love for us as we see this act of willingness to sacrifice is it is really a response to love and trust and belief and the same in which God is calling us as his sons and his daughters to give to him and so we're going to be reading from verse 1 right all the way through verse 14 and it begins sometime later God tested Abraham we see here that the time later is the birth of Isaac, Abraham's firstborn, in which God had promised to him at, at 99 years old that he would be a father. An impossible promise to give. And yet we see here at 100 years old and his wife Sarah at 90 years old had given birth to this miracle. This great promise that God had given to them. And it is now that God tests Abraham in which is if it feels like for his life he's been living this great test, but now we see a test once again. He says to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. Now let's just take a pause for a moment and acknowledge the madness of this situation, the madness of this scripture. Most people, they struggle, they can't comprehend. How could a God of love and grace and mercy ask a father to sacrifice his son? Now firstly, we need to stop and not judge this scripture based on one verse, but we need to read it it's in its entirety. In fact, we need to read the story in its entirety. The, the, not just the chapter, the book and the Bible. For We can't just pick out a scripture or a verse and judge the character of God based on one single verse. We can't judge the one who's omniscient, omnipotent, the creator of the heavens and the earth, the most complex deity of all mankind, that somehow we can sum him up the character of God in one scripture. No, we need to read it through the lens of the Bible, for God is the same in the Old as he is in the New Testament. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We need to look through the many layers of theological and doctrinal content to see the true character of God, for God is a God of love. And so when we take it from this context and getting a shock and getting a surprise that how could God see, say this and ask this, we need to first pause that as we read the rest of the story. For in verse 3, it says that Abraham, he doesn't hesitate from receiving this incredible request, but he says, early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he'd cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. 
On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servant, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Interesting in which God has just asked Abraham to sacrifice Isaac and yet Isaac here, note what is not here. Abraham, Abraham is not anxious or reluctant or fearful or worried. He says this with conviction. He says this with confidence that the Lord will provide that we will return. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac and he himself carried the fire and the knife as the two of them went on together. Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Abraham, father. Yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and the wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. Now, I believe that this was not a lie, nor was it some manipulation to convince his son Isaac to go with him. But I truly believe that Abraham believed that the Lord will provide did he know in which we'll get to the end of the story how it would work out? No, I don't believe that he knew, but he trusted. He believed. He had faith and assurance in his heart that the Lord will provide. Verse 9 says, When they reached the place God had told them about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. I can't imagine the dialogue that was going on between father and son in this moment, as I can imagine Abraham almost whispering to his son, don't worry, trust me. It's not what it looks like. It isn't what it seems. It may look this way, but trust and believe that God is doing a good work. God is doing a good thing. Then he reached out his hand. He took the knife to slay his son, but the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him now that I know you fear God. Fear God here in this context is to revere God, to, to honor him, to, to respect him to give him everything, trust him with all our heart, mind, and soul. This is because you've not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. This was not a coincidence. This was God's perfect timing of his provision. And I know that for many of you, you may feel and sense that you're in a season of sacrifice when I believe that God is going to surprise you, that he's going to provide for you in a way that you never thought or imagined where it will shock you and surprise you for the Lord will provide in every season and at all times. It says that Abraham went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place the Lord will provide. And to this day, it is said, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. Today, I want to speak to you on the title, These Are Testing Times. These are testing times. We see in verse 1 that the God tested Abraham. Do you ever feel like you're being tested? Do you ever feel like, I feel like God is, is testing me. I feel like this this isn't normal. I feel like there's a, 
there's a testing time. I feel like this is a difficult time. I feel like this is a time where maybe God is doing something new. One translation says that God tested Abraham's faith and his obedience. The original Hebrew word that was used for test here is nisa, which means to prove the quality of. God was testing Abraham to prove the quality of his faith so that he can demonstrate his trust and his faith in obedience. God wasn't testing Abraham to see him fail. God was testing Abraham to see him succeed. And God tests us and he tests our faith. And it's true, our faith being tested, it's through testing times that we become matured and strengthened where we prove the quality of our faith. That we prove that we do not just believe by our mouth and our words, but we believe in our heart. And the purpose of God's testing is to trust in his perfect timing. The purpose of God's testing is to trust in his provision. We see here that preceding this this scripture and this story back in Genesis chapter 17, that God promises Abraham that he will give him a son. And through this son in his old age, that he, he will see his offspring grow to be as countless as the stars in the sky. And through his son, that he will bless all nations. In fact, he then changed his name from Abraham to Abraham, which literally means father of all nations. Now, the complication at this time was that Abraham was not yet a father. He, in fact, was in his old age. Scripture says that his body was as good as dead. Imagine being called dead while you're still walking the earth. His body was as good as dead. In fact, his wife Sarah, at 90 years old, it says in Scripture that her womb was barren. Her womb was dead. This was an impossible promise to give, yet alone an impossible promise to receive. This was a great test of their faith. And yet we read in Genesis 21, verse 2, it says, Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age at the very time God had promised him. At the very time. We see that God is always on time. He's never early, nor is he too late. He is always on time. He delivers his promise on time. He provides for us on time. And then we see here, after this great test, after this grueling test of endurance and patience and disappointment and rejection and continuing to trust in God, it says, verse 1, chapter 22, sometime later, God tested Abraham. And here we see that this is the greatest test that Abraham will ever face. In fact, it is one of the greatest tests in the Bible. You see that God had promised Abraham a son, and now he was asking Abraham to sacrifice the provision of his promise. In a way, he was asking him to sacrifice his significance, to sacrifice everything that he, he saw as significant in his life, as important, his heir, his legacy, his future. He was, he was being called to sacrifice that which represented his promises that were fulfilled. Now the question I ask in my time of study and is preparing for this word is, is the question why? Why did God test Abraham? And the reason I ask this question is for each of us, as we ask God, why are you testing me? Why are you doing this? For us to, to know and to learn and to to understand why God tests us. Now, 
many theologians, many scholars have, have asked this question, and there's been a number of different answers given that maybe, maybe it was possibly that Abraham had somewhat maybe unintentionally or un- unconsciously ha- had began to place his trust in his son over placing his trust in God. That somehow he now placed his security and his trust in his significance, in his future, in his plans and his hopes and his dreams, rather than truly placing his trust in God, the same way that each of us can can place our trust in what we set out for us. The same way that we can place our trust in and how we think that things are going to happen and our plans and our dreams and, and our importance more than trusting in God's direction for our life. Other scholars say that maybe, maybe Abraham had become more in love of the gift of God rather than in God himself. Maybe he had come to a place where he was worshiping God's provision over God the provider. That he was worshiping the one who had given him this great son. That he was worshiping what God had given him over who God was. The same way that each of us, when we have a, a prayer or a, or a need or a desire and we receive what we're giving, we can often at times worship the provision more than we worship the provider. We can worship what we've been blessed with and the great things and the great people that is in our lives and we miss out on the one who has blessed us and provided for us. Others think that maybe, maybe Abraham had, had somewhat a change in his attitude now that he got what he truly desired, that now that he had received what he'd been praying for and crying out for, that he'd somehow lost his dependence on God. The same way so many of us, when we, we've had seasons in our life where we're like hanging on to the coattails of God, crying out to Him in prayer, crying out to Him for God to give us strength. But then there's times when life is going good and we've got what we wanted, we've got what we so desired, and we, we can lose our dependence on God. We can lose our, our need for God, for maybe we can rely on our own strength. And though we could argue that any one of these reasons might be the reason that that God was testing Abraham, I I don't believe that God was somehow trying to discipline or, or refocus Abraham, but I believe that God was preparing Abraham for what was to come. God was testing Abraham as preparation for the purpose that he had for him for who he was calling him to be and for what he was calling him to do required the most ultimate trust in his provision that God will provide at all times. To trust him right down to the last second. To trust him right down to the moment where he grabs the knife willing to make the greatest sacrifice. Right down to the moment in which we brace ourselves and we decide to go all in, not quite truly knowing what's going to happen, but trusting in God all the same. He was trying to bring Abraham to a place that above all else and above all other things that he would place God first and trust Trust and believe no matter, no matter the outcome. You see, through this test, God was teaching Abraham to trust in his provision at all times, in every time. 
during all seasons, the same way God teaches us as his people to trust in him at all times, to depend on him above anyone else, to put him first even above those that we love the most, to follow him and believe in him even when it causes us great pain. Here's the truth that I want to convey to you and want you to grasp through this word is that God will not call you to do what he is not already prepared in advance to provide for you. God will not call you to do what he's not already prepared in advance to provide for you. And all he's asking us to do is to trust him at all times. To trust him even during testing times. Even during those times when we feel stuck, when we feel empty. Even during those times when we're doubting and we're questioning and we're wondering. Even during those times when we say, God, why am I here? Why did you call me to this? God, why did you call me to be a teacher or a parent or an engineer? God, God, why did you call me to step out in this? God, why did you call me to enter into this new venture? God, why did you call me to stay here, to stay rooted, to, to, to be here? God, why did you call me to end this, to bring this to a conclusion? God, why did you call me? What am I doing here? Why am I here? I want you to know that God has called you, that God has chosen you, that he has appointed you, he has designed you for such a time as this, for this very time, this very moment, during these difficult times, during these testing times, and encourage you to trust that he has prepared in advance all that you need, that he has prepared in advance that in which you need for him to provide for you at all times during every time. And to be honest, in, in this season, it, it's been quite testing times for me personally, and it's even been moments and been times where it's, it has caused me to question my calling and to ask God, God, why did you call me? Why did you choose me? Why are you asking me to sacrifice? Why are you asking me to lead, to be here? God, why did you choose me to be a dad when it feels like I'm not able and completely unequipped to be able to do this? God, why did you call me to, to be a husband and a friend? God, why did you call me to this vocation when, when at times it feels like everything is just hard on every side? When it feels like I'm not where I thought I would sh should be? when it feels like your provision isn't happening the way in which I thought it would be. God, why did you call me? Have you been asking yourself that question recently? God, why am I here? Why did you call me? Why did you choose me? And for me personally, when I, when I take the time to enter into the presence of Jesus and, and be with Jesus and ask that question, I'm reminded of why he called me. I'm reminded of what he has called me for. And this gives me perspective to trust in the Lord who will provide at all times. To trust that he has called me. And what he has called me for, he has prepared in advance to provide for me. For when I need him, he will be there. When I need his direction, he will give me it. 
when I find that everything is difficult and hard and nothing is happening the way I thought it would be, that God would be the one to give me the wisdom and the resilience and the energy and the patience and the endurance. That God will equip me even when I feel unqualified. That God will be the one who will provide for me even when it feels like the last moment at the last second when it feels like the bottom is going to fall out and it's going, not going to happen. I believe and I trust in the Lord at all times. I want to encourage you above everything else and if nothing else, to trust that the Lord will provide for you. To trust in His provision even during these testing times. To be encouraged. For the Lord may be testing you to teach you and prepare you for the purpose that He's given you. For He's calling you to greater. It may not be greater in the world sense. It may not be greater in terms of promotion and prominence. It may be greater to be viewed as a child of God, as a son and a daughter of God, to experience greater presence, to experience greater contentment, to experience greater peace and provision more than you've ever experienced before. I believe that those are the things that we're searching for and yearning for. Maybe the Lord's provision is not going to come in the way in which you thought it would come. Maybe, maybe he's going to surprise you just like he surprised Abraham. In the thicket of the grass there was found a ram that would be his provision. The Lord will provide. And here's one really in interesting kind of insight about this scripture in verse 2 in which we we read it says then God said take your son your only son whom you love Isaac and go to the region of Moriah sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you this call to Abraham was a foreshadowing of what God was prepared to do just 2,000 years later from this moment, which was the sacrifice of his son so that we may be saved. In fact, this region, this mountain in which God was calling Abraham to go to, Moriah was the very ridge of the mountain in which Jesus Christ was crucified on the cross at the skull of Golgotha. That this was a foreshadowing of the ultimate act of love that God was prepared to, to do for us and which we see all, also in the, the language in which is, which is said here is your son, your only son, whom you love, sacrifice him. And 2,000 years later, just as God had spoken these words to Abraham, Jesus spoke about his father. He says, for God so loved the world that he gave his son that he sacrificed his son, his only son, whom he loved. He says that whoever believes in him, Romans 10, 9 says, believe that he was raised from the dead, resurrected from the grave on the third day, believes in him, shall not perish, but have eternal life. We see here in verse 2 of Genesis chapter 22, the first time used in the Bible was the word love. The first time in the Bible was the word used love. And in the Bible, there's a principle called first use in which we see for the very first time a, a theological term or, 
or phrase used like love or worship or sacrifice in which it's used is often the, the pattern or the, the meaning and the thought that was used throughout Scripture. And here we see that the word love is used in this context and God is using and representing as the love that Abraham has for his child. The love that a father has for his child is the same love that God has for you. The same love that God not only had for Jesus as his only son, but the same love that God has for you and for me as his son and as his daughter. And I want you to know today that your father in heaven, he loves you. And though you may question at times during testing times, God, why are you doing this? God, why did you call me? God, why am I here? Always come back to the belief and to the truth that your Father in heaven loves you. I wonder if you could just close your eyes with me. And where you are watching right now, maybe you're on your own. Maybe you're listening back to this in the car. Wherever you are, maybe not close your eyes if you're driving in a car. I want to give you an opportunity right now to receive the love of the Father. Maybe you, even with your own earthly father, maybe there's, there's hurt and there's pain, there's hardship and there's grief and there's difficulty there, and maybe you even view your Father in heaven's love through your earthly father. And I want to give you the opportunity to truly receive the Father's love, to truly receive his, his unconditional sacrificial love for you. If you just repeat these words after me and together that we can pray this and just say, Lord, I receive your love. I ask that you forgive me, that you take my old heart and that you will give me a new heart. Lord, help me to trust. Help me to believe that you are for me and that you love me. In Jesus' name, amen. If you pray that prayer for the first time, we'd love to connect with you and help you and to be able to help you in making that decision and that prayer. Maybe it's the first time, but the, that'll be a, a decision that you make for the rest of your life. And I want to encourage you to go to openarms.ie forward slash connect and there you'll see a very simple form. We'd love for you to just Fill in some of your details and we'll contact you this week and, and help plug you in and help you in your next step. But as we finish and conclude with worship, I just want to pray for you today. I pray, Lord, for every single man and woman and child who is hearing these words. Lord, I pray that we would sense and know the Father's love. Lord, I pray that we would know that you have called us and you've called us for such a time as this. That we know that you have chosen us with our inadequacies and maybe we feel unqualified and not able but God yet you chose us in spite of those things and Lord I pray that you would fill us with your love and your grace and your mercy that you would fill us with your gifts that you've given us for what you've called us to and I pray may the Lord bless you and keep you may he make his face shine upon you and give you his peace in Jesus name amen